This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Robert, Happy New Year to you and Zvietlana. How are y'all doing? Fantastic, and a uh, good neat or to you too. Man, I don't know how you do it, but uh, you're well <laughs> on your way to becoming fluent in Swed- Swedish. How are those classes going for you? Pretty good. Uh, Swedish has a, a lot of similarity with English, so it makes it uh, a little easier. And then practicing it each day in, in the public places, you know, makes it gives is another advantage to learning a language. I got two questions for you. While you've been there, have you found any Swedish meatballs? And also, have you run into any Viking? <laughs> That's the third time you asked me that. No, they don't. They actually, sweet Swedish meatballs is a myth. And everybody here is short. Really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Swedish meatballs everywhere. <laughs> and yeah, there are some some giant Viking people. But to be honest. When we were in Ukraine, uh, it was more it was uh, more common to see just some really huge man, just some big thick wall locker man walking down the street. Well, yeah, but they any... definitely they definitely have them here, and and the tall guys too. But they're usually uh, uh, a, a bit thinner. The tall guys here. Well, if you see any really tall people, butt naked with uh, blue body paint on, you may have run into a berserker. Let me know. <laughs> okay. I haven't, haven't seen any of those. Hope to avoid it. <laughs> uh, it's great to be back with y'all. And uh, folks, welcome aboard. We're live with Robert and Zvitlana from Sweden. And would y'all like to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. Oh, great and mighty King, we praise your name. Our, true, our truth, Lord, our faith, our hope, our righteousness is in you. Almighty God, you are the one who watches over us. You are Jehovah Jireh. You see our needs and you provide the way an amazing Father, the most amazing Father provides. And we thank you, Lord, that you watch over us 
that you have a plan for us, Lord, a plan for peace, a plan for good all our days and not evil. We thank you and we praise your name forever. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. All right, Shannon. Welcome. And uh, friends, invite some people out. We are live here for 2024. Just send them to omegamanradio.com and they'll have a couple ways to listen. Robert, over to you. Take it away. Okay, yeah. Please please do share uh, links on social media because uh, this this message absolutely has the potential to change your life, uh, to just turn anything negative around and turn it back into the positive. And the message here is the secret to a good life. And just to break it down right from the get-go, it's obedience to God and good behavior. Right. So, so how does that work? And, I, and, I, and I, I hope you are thinking right now already, well, I want some scriptures to back that up. And that's good because I've got a list here. Now, uh, Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, it, very simple, right? Hey, you, you want to have a good life? Seek God. And, and, and how do we seek God? Seek his righteousness. Well, that's the English translation. What was the original Greek word? It was a word uh, pronounced something like dikaiosune, uh, and it means integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. So the, the actions of in our life, this, we call this behavior. So we're talking about uh, seek God and his behavior, his way of thinking, his way of being, his way of acting. Right? So you seek first the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? Well, if I command this devil to come out, and it does, then the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has something to do with power, with the presence of God's power. And we understand the presence of God's power to represent an affirmation of both the speaker and the message. All right, Because both of those have some influence on the outcome of a prayer. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. So you, you start already seeing that all these things are going together. Let's start with the first one. Your behavior, my behavior, right? As much as it is in tune with the nature of God, the power of the kingdom of God, and whatever kind of blessing God has, whatever plan God has for your life, that is going to be what you are surrounded by. That is going to be where you're standing. That is going to be the flow, the pathway of your life. So the idea is submit to God, seek God. Well, how, how do I do all that? How do I seek his righteousness? How do I know what is God's plan for my life? Well, the answer is uh, to pray. Now, you can also uh, look at the wake of your life. Like this is a, a church kind of a teaching. Look at the wake. What have you left behind you? If you've been walking with God, there have been successes. There have been productivity. There has been a positive influence on those around you. Why? Because when you're walking with the power of God, see Jesus, he said, I say nothing, I do nothing, unless I first see my Father in heaven doing it. So we can study the scriptures and we can understand what kind of things we ought to be doing. Preaching the gospel, casting out devils, healing the sick. And even within that, there is an increase in power. And now I'm uh, speaking from experience, but the scriptures will, will back me up on this. That when God sends you out, the fruit is much more powerful than when you're just doing it out of a more generic kind of a sense. 
right? So there's a guy, a young guy says, well, I want to evangelize. I want to work for God. So what will I do? Well, I, I know some other people that went to the park and, and preached, so I'm going to do that. So he goes to the park and preaches, and he gets some hostile homeless guys around him. And he says, uh, no, you, you can't touch me. The word of God says and I cannot be harmed. And the homeless guy slaps him. <laughs> and he comes home depressed. Well, why didn't that work? No, that's okay. You, you were wrong about no one can touch you because the word of God proclaimed it. That's not true. Many of the, all of the apostles suffered physically in some way and went through hardships. Right, the world has some ability to inflict pain on us, and Revelation tells us that they'll even be given permission to kill us at some point during the tribulation. But the best life for any one of us is to seek God, to seek His righteousness, which means to pray, Father, please let me see people as you see them. Let my heart go out to them as your heart goes out to them. Let me understand things and events as you understand. When I read the scripture, please reveal to me your meaning. Right. So you start putting God first. Oh, I don't want to know what they said in the church this verse means. And I don't care that it's repeated three times in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. I don't care that there's a subtle difference here and there and why that is and what the context, the time period. No, no, I don't need to know. I don't need to know all that. It might help me to know that. But what I really want to know, Father, is your meaning. And here's, what, here's the main reason you want to do it that way is because you want the relationship. You want to hear from God. Because sometimes God will give somebody a warning and it's very short. It's very short. Uh, and if you don't respond, uh, then the thing warned is going to happen. There have been missionaries who are told they're coming for you right now. You need to get out. of. You have one hour. They're going to be here. You need to run to grab his thing. He's gone in 20 minutes. Uh, pastor in eastern Ukraine, Holy Spirit told him, pack your things. He had, he had packed his things already in obedience, but he had stayed because the Holy Spirit told him. Holy Spirit then told him a few months later at, at, during Russian occupation, they're coming for you now. Pack your family and go. And he did. An hour down the road, neighbors called him. The Chechens are inside your house tossing it like they're looking for something. Where are you? We left. Praise God. So you have to have this relationship and you need to have this heart for obedience. Okay, God says go right now. I'm packing. I'm gone. Right? Nothing left, nothing left but what I couldn't fit in the car. All right? So now... Um, in 2007, the Holy Spirit was working overtime to get me to see and to understand that there is an importance in putting what God says above what men say. Okay, um, And he gave me this message. He said, I want you to go tomorrow and tell this message to everybody. And the message was, I give to all equally. Whoever glorifies my name, I triple it. Whoever doesn't, I take it away and I give it to someone else. So if you think about the parable of the talents, this is rewording that a little bit and giving this uh, triple quantification. So, uh, so God is saying that if you want to be blessed in your life, if you want to be blessed in your life, then you need to glorify God. And so for years after, I thought, well, what does it mean to glorify God? Well, the first thing I had to learn was that uh, it did, doesn't matter what people say. You do what God said. Don't, don't worry about how people react. That's not whose reaction you should be concerned about. You post a truth on the, on the internet, and you get 80 likes and uh, 20 laughs, right? 
it doesn't matter. They they heard that seed. Just pray for the for the maybe even pray for the, the mockers more than the agreeers. Father, please open their heart. Let this piece of information be a seed that will grow to help them understand uh, better your way. Right, bring them closer to you somehow. So we have this concern and we don't care. So I God gave me that message and I went and and people were thanking me. Oh yeah, that sounds like good. That, that's a nice message. And then I told this one guy and he just exploded. Well, what does that mean? He just yelled. He blew up. And he was sitting with another guy. And I realized that I had kind of interrupted them in this counseling session. And this guy who now was yelling at me had seemed kind of depressed. And I registered in my mind, like, probably this guy had, had a, suffered a setback recently. And I've just told him, it's your fault. <laughs> right? But uh, the, the book I'm writing now, it discusses how... God punished me when I was in Philadelphia. He he had blessed me, and I had uh, a business that was paying my tuition. Um, I got notoriety. I was in the, the top paper, the Philadelphia Weekly, not the Weekly, the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, my New Year's wish was in there, uh, and uh, they did a little article on me. And, you know, I was just blessed, but I let it go to my head. And then God said, I'm going to punish you now. Yeah, he had he had warned me multiple times. It you know it takes years to really get lost off course, and I was there. And um, but anyway, that's that's the fourth book in the One Hundred Ways series, and I, I think the message is really powerful. <clears throat> but the idea is that we need to have loyalty and a desire to seek God and to put Him first. Okay. Um, in another dream I had, the Holy Spirit just told me he said blessings flow where love is blessings flow where love is and it reminds me of um this story when i lived in philadelphia there was a young man named ben he was uh, jewish and he came in and i liked him and uh, we would talk sometimes about prayer about religion things like this and um one night i had this dream and i, I just couldn't wait to share it with him and uh, his girlfriend came in. And I said, hey, I really want to talk to Ben. Hey, you know, where is he? She said, well, uh, he's out of town right now. I said, listen, I got to give him this message. I want to share it before I forget. I said, what I saw in this dream was that um, his grandfather had passed away and that his grandfather had this gift for investing and that now that gift belongs to him. The grandfather wants him to have it. And so he he's going to receive that gift. And so he also will be blessed uh, with a gift of investing and making money in the stock market. I said, so he he needs to know that. And so she said, okay. And she came back later. I said, did you talk to him? She said, she said, yeah, he wants to talk to you. Uh, he's out of town. He's going to talk to you when he comes back. So he actually was out of town because he was at his grandfather's funeral. And when he came back, he said, when I went into my grandfather's office, I wanted to take all of his investment software because his grandfather had made a lot of money in the stock market. Of course, I have, I have, I've known, I knew none of this stuff. Uh, but he and he, his grandfather had a special love. And so that gift uh, was bequeathed to Ben. So he received that. And so he eventually, he started investing. So there's this idea of God is love, and where love flows, uh, blessings flow, right? So if you have this great love relationship with our Father in heaven, those blessings are going to flow to you more. And when you love somebody, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And what are Jesus' commands? Well, put God first, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? He kind of reduced, condensed the Ten Commandments into those two. So you understand that God is really speaking about 
principles. So God, he wants us to live a right life, right? So again, this seek the righteousness of God and all these things will be added to you. Right, now let's continue on. Uh, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So he's not just saying like, well, uh, the people who think righteousness is a good idea, who, can, who agree conceptually <laughs> with righteousness, that, 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 that it's going to go good for them. That's not what he says. He says, who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Right. So again, we've defined righteousness according to the original Greek word. Right? A correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Right? A purity of life, integrity, virtue. So when you're seeking after these, you think, that's the kind of person I want to be. And how do I do that? I'm going to search the scriptures. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to teach me. I'm going to pester him for it until he starts giving me the stuff that I want. I want God's righteousness. I want to know God's way of thinking, God's way of feeling, God's way of behavior, that I can be like that, that I can be this manifestation of God's heart and love and kindness in the world. Jesus said, if you see me and you haven't seen God, then you've never known God, right? Because the nature of God was in him. As much as Jesus is the the the, the stone cut from the mountain, not by human hands, uh, all of that true, yes, but also, Jesus said, I only do what I see him doing. I mimic him. I copy him. And that is, he is the gold standard for us. We want to see what is God doing, what is God saying, and we want to do that and say that. So when someone comes and, and, and barks at me, I don't think, bah, I have a witty comeback. I'm going to flip it on this guy and make him embarrassed. No, no, you, th- you have compassion on the guy instead, and you give a calm, peaceful answer. And somehow that guy instantly opens up to you. I don't know why it works like that, but it does. Some guy comes out, you bargain, you give him a peaceful answer uh, out of a loving, out of a place of love. Wow, it transforms the guy, right? Just transforms his whole attitude. Right there, the next words out of his mouth are peaceful. I've seen it happen many times. The scripture says that's how you do, and you just do what the scripture says, and things just go so much better. This is true for moments, and it's true for a lifetime in general. Uh, Acts 13.10 O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, whose child of the thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? So now we're talking about the devil, right? So the devil is the enemy. So God, he's saying, all right, look, here's how to have a good life. I have planned a good life for you. It's yours. And now there's the adversary. He's saying, ah, there's a different way. Did God really say you can't eat that fruit? Oh, you know, I wonder why that might be, right? So they're always misleading you. And the servants of the devil are alive and well today, and they're controlling media. And they know through psychological studies that they can just put some information out there, all the necessary components to, to that you put them together and they make a thought or an idea, but they don't give you the final idea because they've learned that if someone will just reach the conclusion on their own, they think it's their own opinion, and they trust themselves. And so they say, I'm right, and so this is right. You know, that's what the devil did. Well, did God say you can't? You know, he got them thinking about it. God say you can't eat that fruit? Well, yeah, why can't I eat that fruit? Maybe I should, right? So he, he just starts the thinking, leads you to the thought, and then you think it's your own. You're more likely, to, a person is more, more likely to act on it if they think it's their own thought. They're more trusting of themselves than an outsider. 
And that's what we're talking about, full of all subtlety, right? So the devil is subtle. And, and the devil's minions in the mass media, they're the same way. So they want to give you this information, lead you to a way of thinking, and then they're going to make you think. Like It's brainwashing by repetition. It's called classical conditioning. It's well known that this works. You just repeat a thing just a few times. And, you, and it's easy to see if you, if you watch even just a modicum of television. You'll, it, in a certain week or month, you'll see a, a, the same idea repeated multiple times. And it's because they're trying to press that concept into the masses, the public masses at that time. Uh, ideas like, uh, oh, you can't be a friend to your children. How many times have you heard that in the movie? Oh, you, you can't, a parent can't be a friend. Who said that? The most loving relationship in your life should be with your parents, should be with uh, people in your family. Maybe not everyone. There's always that one, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you should have these great loving relationships with your parents. Parents naturally love their children. So this, you, you can't reject it all the way down below the threshold of a friendship. No, it's better than a friendship. So this is, this is the kind of thing that <clears throat> that the devil does. So he's the enemy of your life. So if you can learn to identify what he's doing, it's easier to reject it. And the the Holy Spirit once once told me uh, when I was working as a youth pastor, he said, you know, you have to show these youth, show them this is the way the world does it. And then this is how I say to do it, my word. Like you compare them, you say this is the wrong way. Like you identify, like this is what the world is doing and that's wrong. And here's the correct way. And that helps because later when the, the wrong way comes up again, they recognize, ah, that's a wrong way. And then they remember, ah, and this is the right way. So I'm going to live this virtuous way. Uh, uh, sex is for the marriage bed, not um, dating. Well, if I think I might marry him, then it's okay to move in together, as they say in Hollywood films, right? So they're indoctrinating by repetition. They just repeat it over and over and over again. And a person thinks, it's my own thought. Now, it doesn't think like, oh, I saw some guy on a, in a television show say that, or, uh, and then again in a movie, and then again somebody mentioned it as a commentary at the end of the nightly news. No, they think, oh, it's my own idea, right? They forget where they heard it. <clears throat> so now, listen to this one. Everybody's heard this one. You guys know this first. Obey God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's like the basic recipe right there. Two parts. One, obey God. Two, resist the devil, and the devil will be gone from you. Now, if the devil is the one out to seek, seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, roaming about as a roaring lion looking for whom he might devour, you want that guy out of your life. I, I heard a bong. Am I still on, Shannon? Absolutely. Disregard. Keep going. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that means uh, somebody got some points in heaven or something. <laughs> okay so you obey god and you resist the devil that, that's that's the two-point plan generally speaking this is the secret to a good life right here in this one verse and this is how this is how valuable the scriptures really are and if you start reading it thinking like where are my instructions for how to live here's one obey god and resist the devil and he will flee from you the old testament is full of stories of Two types of people. You can break it down like this. The people who prayed and listened to God and then did that, right? And you see how it goes swimmingly well for them. Mordecai is a great case study. King David is a great case study on the praying and obeying. And then there's the others who maybe pray but don't obey so much. 
right? You can look at Ahab for this, right? Listen to his wife Jezebel instead. Uh, and, and you can look to, uh, there, there are a number of kings, right? Another good one is Jehoshaphat, right? So you look for these people who are praying and listening to God and following them, and you see how it goes for them. Uh, uh, Abraham's father, he actually heard God and left the land of Ur, with his family, including young Abraham, and or, or Abram at the time, and they traveled, and he got to a land. He's like, oh, this looks good enough, right? So he reverted to his own thinking. He didn't go all the way to the land that God promised him. Otherwise, we'd be talking about, you know, the God of uh, Abraham's father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know. it. But that guy, he took a break and settled down uh, halfway to the goal, right? So there's this idea of following God and also following God all the way. So God has this good life planned, right? So why did Abraham's father fail? Well, later we learned that Abraham's father had a little tent full of ten gods that he worshipped, right? So we want to put God first. We want to seek his righteousness, which means we want to seek God's way of living, his guidance, and his principles. I'm not proposing something rigid, I'm not saying, oh, you should go find some church where they tell you how to live and submit to that. Mm -mm, Not at all. What I'm saying is, uh, in every moment, treat your neighbor as yourself. Well, if it was me on the other end of this deal, how would I want to be treated? And then do that. It's, It's kind of that simple. Better, Father, what should I do in this situation? Because you don't know who the neighbor is. Sometimes the neighbor is uh, pretending to have a need, and he's sitting on a pile of gold in his house, and he's so greedy that he will willingly take half of what little you have and uh, still ask for more, right? So so you always pray because you just never know. You just never know. Oh, this guy's asking for money. He says it's for a sandwich, but really it's for drugs. You know, that, that, was, that was actually a real thing that happened to me once when I was just learning to hear God and put my trust in him, you know, like, don't give him money. I was like, really? So anyway... Uh, this is the idea, and it's something that God, you know, has worked many years to bring me up into understanding. And the last few years, this message, He's been uh, really teaching me in many ways. And it's 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 a core concept of the Scriptures. It's a core concept of relationship with God, our Father in Heaven. And the last few months, He's really been emphasizing this particular message to teach this message, to preach this message that we ought to seek God seek his righteousness, submit our lives to him, and that's the best possible life a person can can lead. I have plans for you for peace and not evil all the days of your life. Now, people often say, uh, I have plans for you for good and not evil. And yeah, but the word peace is more interesting because it says that you will have peace. And when do we have peace? Well, when my enemies are at peace with me. Uh, when I have joy and love and happiness in my household, when I have um, fruitful work that I enjoy that uh, is a credit to me, right? When I'm respected in the community, uh, like Job. You could say Job had peace for sure, right? Many other men throughout history and women have had peace, of course. But you have that peace when you're walking with God. Now, even the right path, when followed too long, can be the wrong path. Now, God led me into to become an engineer, and I worked in engineering for many years, and then I became unhappy with it. I should have immediately said, Lord, what is this about? But I didn't. I drug my feet, and finally, I was like, okay, Father, why am I 
going through bouts of depression about being an engineer. You know, this is a respectable profession. I enjoy it. I'm good at it. My clients like me. I like my clients. You know, God set me up. He set me up very comfortably, very, very nicely with a little business that paid for all my needs. So I didn't understand why I was being depressed about it. And then God was like, you are supposed to be writing books. I even told you exactly. I gave you a dream, told you, write this book. <laughs> so you're supposed to be writing books now. I was like, ah, okay. And as soon as I started to write, oh, I, the peace came back. The peace came back. So it's not about just checking in at the beginning. No, I graduated from high school. I graduated from university. Now what am I going to do, God? Okay. And then, and then you get that one word and then you're off, you know. No, we always need to be checking in with Father because he knows what the enemy's plotting for tomorrow. And this is why we pray in tongues. Sometimes we have no idea what's coming up next month or over the next horizon. <clears throat> but God knows. The Holy Spirit knows. and He's able to teach us. And when we pray in tongues, we're able to attack those things and destroy works of the enemy, even though we don't know what it is. Of course, if you do have the gift of tongues, just pray and ask, like, Father, please also give me understanding that you can then understand what it was you prayed against. And often you will. In my experience, not always, but often. Okay. Um, obey God, resist the devil. So the devil, he came to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's looking for whom to devour. So by obeying God and resisting his temptations, which primarily are the ways of the world, but also... Now remember that what comes in does not defile only what comes out, because that represents the true nature of a, a person's heart. Right? The devil will put a thought into a person's head. Okay. Uh, oh, wouldn't it be uh, easier just to go steal that? Uh, oh, but you know everybody else is doing it, so why not? Right? This kind of thoughts. Right? You, you reject those thoughts in favor of the scripture. Okay, so you're always putting God first. Now, now, when Jesus asked the disciples, he said, well, who do people say I am? Now, he, he was making the case for us today as we read and study the scripture that they were hearing what people said. Well, people say that you're the reincarnation of Moses or even John the Baptist. Just think about that one for a moment. That Jesus, who lived simultaneously with John the Baptist, is the reincarnation of John the Baptist, right? There's like a, a, a contradiction in timelines there. It's just impossible, right? It makes no sense. <clears throat> but people in the world were saying this. They says, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, the Son of God. And he says, only God has told you this, right? People aren't saying this, but God is saying this. And, the, the, and he said, upon this, not Peter, right? But Upon hearing what men are saying, Moses, John the Baptist, or some other prophet, and hearing what God is saying, you're the Son of God. Because if you look back through the Scriptures, and the Holy Spirit showed this to me many years ago. He said, go look here, and look here. And it was all these meetings where a disciple is meeting Jesus for the first time, and they look and they say, you're the promised one. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And they said, do you know that? Because I saw you when you were reading the Scriptures under the fig tree. right? And they all recognize him. Hey, I found the Messiah. Where is he? Right? They believe it. They know he's the Son of God. They understand it when they meet him. Right? And then, and there's this truth that we understand. See, this is the thing. Like God, he created us with so many more gifts. We have really been blessed. And we understand things. 
you can meet a person and know like, ooh, and this, this was a proof God gave me once. To, to, I, I once had an opportunity to uh, speak at, at a class on evolution, and he gave me a, a past proof, a current proof, and a future proof. He said the current proof is, he said, don't you go and meet people and know like, oh, this guy is a bad guy. But then, you know, he starts talking and he talks you through it. And then later you say, I knew he was a bad guy. I knew when I met him, I shouldn't, you know, put my trust in him. I shouldn't ask him to, you know, do his part of the project or I shouldn't accept his invite for a date. I knew he was a bad guy. That's a gift that we have. You meet someone and you know who they are. The Bible even says, you know, don't speak ill of someone or the next time you enter a room where they are, they'll know it. Well, how does that work? There's some kind of information that transfers. I, I, I don't know the mechanics of it, but it happens. Bible mentions it. And I've experienced it, and we all have, if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, that information transfers. And information also transfers between us and God. The angels can send us messengers. They're called messengers. They can send us messages. They are called messengers for a reason. And, as others have said, and as I uh, agree, uh, the devils once had powers and gifts and talents given to them to serve the kingdom of God in interactions with humanity. And they have those same things, except now, instead of sending a warning or some instruction or a teaching in a dream, they come and they send false information, uh, misleading information, fear to create distrust and divide public, and divide groups, right? This is what they're doing now. They're doing, instead of doing good with their talents, they're doing evil with them. So the devils can speak to us, the angels can speak to us, and, um, and God can speak to us. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for to follow the voice of God and no other, to put God first, all right? This is what we're looking for. And so once you understand, like, this is my goal. <clears throat> now, what you have to reach, Holy Spirit told me this. He said, the purpose of every pastor is to lead their people to a point where they realize, ah, I need to make a decision. Will I put God first in my life and follow God or not? I need to make that decision. Not The pastor's job role is not to make the decision for them, to force them or instruct them or submit them to his guidance. No, no, no. The pastor's role, is what the Holy Spirit told me, is to lead a person to a point where that man, that woman, says, I have to make this decision for myself. Am I going to put God first or not? And that's what I'm challenging you, my friends. The only a necessity of a true teaching is that it leads to God. And I'm telling you right here, right in this moment, will you put God first? You don't have to understand all of what that means right now. But you have to desire to hunger, to thirst for it. I want God to be first in my life. God has a very good life planned for you, an amazing life, with victories, challenges, things that will lead you to understand the power of the kingdom, the power available to you, given the, in the authority that you have been given as one who believes in Christ as Messiah. There is so much to the kingdom. Well, I, the Holy Spirit sent me once, I went to this school, it's called the History Makers Bible School, and we went every month and they brought in these big famous uh uh, LaDonna Osborne and different speakers from around the U.S. and around the world, missionaries, they came in and spoke and they all preached about the kingdom of God. 
And I had heard the gospel of the kingdom, and I really didn't understand. And I was blown away by the things these people were teaching, the kingdom of God, and how much it meant. The Holy Spirit began to teach me himself, this is what the kingdom of God means. And it didn't. He, he gave me a deeper, simpler message. The kingdom of God is caring for people. A kingdom of God activity is walking an old woman across the street. Simple things often are investments in the kingdom of God. And then when you have a need, when you are living that righteous life, because that's a righteous activity. Something as simple as helping someone for 20 seconds or 30 seconds, however long it takes to cross a road. That's a kingdom of God activity. Caring about someone else, this old woman that she can get across the street and feel comfortable that she's not alone while the cars are waiting, right? Just something so simple is a kingdom of God activity. And that investment starts to build up as we begin to live more and more like God. Just naturally, oh, do you need some help? Can I help you carry that? Just thinking of someone else, thinking of someone else, right? You become more and more like God. God God loves all the people. He loves the orphans. He loves the, the childless parents. Uh, I was at a conference years ago. And this came up, and I had heard this before when I lived in in Georgia, in the U.S. There were couples who, for years, tried and failed to conceive, and then they adopted a child. And within a few months of of bringing home the the adopted child, they get pregnant and conceive. They're like, this is something. We don't know what it is, but here's something. And I went to a conference, and somebody brought it up. They asked this uh, Sunday out Elijah, he was the speaker, and they said, you know, we've been talking about this this afternoon, and... Do you, do you have a word on this? He said, oh, you asked the right person. He said, I prayed about this years ago because this is a thing that happens all around the world. People can't conceive. They adopt the child and then they get pregnant. He said, I asked God about it. And this is what God told me. He said, yes, there are all these married couples praying to me for children. He said, but you need to look at it from my perspective. He said, I also have all these orphans praying to me for parents, for a family. So you you start to see the world from God's perspective. Things start to make more sense. Well, why didn't they conceive? They needed to adopt. God wanted them to adopt. And God knows once they get their own children, it's a lot of work and they're not going to adopt then. (laughs) So God says, adopt first. And if we were always checking in and hearing from God, we would understand, I want you to adopt first then you will be blessed. You know, I know what you're asking me, but I really want you to adopt these children. All right. So there's this thing where sometimes what we want isn't given because we're not exactly aligned with God's plan for our life. And God's concerns are bigger than we sometimes see or look at or consider. So this is why you have to seek God, seek his righteousness, hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God. Obey God. Resist the devil. Ah, wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be nicer? Ah, you don't need to do that. Who says you should do it that way? I don't know, but I'm going to search the scriptures. I'm going to pray about it, and I'm not going to make a decision. I'm not going to move forward until I have a perfect peace on the course of action. That's a King David lifestyle right there. Okay. 
So life can be, it's possible that your life can be, instead of a series of building something and watching it collapse and building something new and watching it collapse and accruing uh, some debt or having a, a bankruptcy in your past or something like this, life, this is totally possible, can be a process of always moving forward. All right. I know you're probably thinking of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and some others, right? Well, not always, even if right, you're a servant of God, things can go bad. And that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But life can be a series of moving forward if you are constantly checking in with God and making sure that your decisions are in submission to his plan for your life. Because when it comes time to marry, oh, the devil, he does not want you to get that good wife. He's going to send the wrong thing. He's going to send uh, the wicked people after you. He's going to put the lascivious woman, the silver-tongued man in your path. Oh, I have a BMW and three houses. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But that doesn't mean anything to you, young eligible woman who wants to marry. What does matter to you is, who is the man God chooses for me? That's your one prayer on this issue. And your other issue, just a quick side note, uh, because this is such an important decision, it has a big impact on life. When you're looking for a spouse, understand, again, look at God's perspective. He wants to give you a good husband. So I was speaking to the women. He wants to give you a good husband. But to that man, God also wants to give him a good wife. So you work on yourself first. Back to this first scripture. Put the kingdom of God and righteousness first, and all things will be added to you. So don't. the main concern is not looking for the wife, is not looking for the husband. The main concern is work on yourself and your relationship with God. Um, I had to change some things about me, and God put me through some things so that I would recognize it and understand, ah, this is a problem I have. I need to fix this. And only then was I able to marry my wife, the woman God chose for me. And that's a much longer story, but uh, an amazing testimony of things that God did. <clears throat> so, when we make our life choices, we have to leave room for God's plan, all right? Um, there was a time that God sent me on a long road trip, and I ended up and I, I, I ended up in North Carolina. And I ran into this group of young AmeriCorps students, and um, I had a message for this redheaded guy. And I was like, Lord, if I'm going to talk to him... Uh, you know, let him do this, and he did. And I still was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk to him. It's so awkward. And they had this map spread out on the hood of their van. The guy says, "We in the night, you drove 300 miles in the wrong direction." And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He said, "Nobody drives 300 miles in the wrong direction for nothing." I was like, "Ah, fine." So I went over. And I was like, "Listen." I believe that I have a message for you, and the, the message the Holy Spirit gave me includes all these details about your life. I'm going to tell you the things about your life, and you tell me if that's true, and then I'm going to tell you what your big question in life is right now, and then I'm going to give you the answer. He's like, uh, all right, I'm interested. <laughs> so I told him all these things about his life, his childhood. I'm like, you used to buy surplus army things, and you made a, a remote control plane out of them, and you flew it, and your friends thought you were the greatest, and they always followed you around. He said, yeah, that's totally true. I bet. How do you know that? I said, God showed me. <laughs> right? And I said, the decision you have now is whether or not to go into this rock band with your friends that you want to do or to go directly to engineering school. 
if you choose the rock band, you'll do it for three years. It'll amount to nothing. You'll lose the friends that you went in with. And then you'll go to engineering school anyway. I said, but if you go to engineering school directly, you'll keep your friends and you'll, that's the path God chose for you. And that's where your success is. And, and he was like, okay. He said, that is my conundrum right now. That is the decision I'm sitting on that I can't answer. I said, the, the rock band is a mistake. It will cost you years and friends. And so he listened to me. The guy went to school. I saw, I ran into him like two years later and he was doing very well in engineering school and he was really glad. And he wanted to know, how do you hear from God? Right? So it was a blessing for both of us. Because one of the reasons that God will send you somewhere, and this is why uh, it's nice to get a direct, a specific set of instructions to go do something for God. Because when you do it, you say, wow. You see that God's result comes about. And you say, wow, it was God. I remember um, one of the simplest ways of these is God will say, you see that woman praying over there in the back of the church alone? You say, go tell her that I love her. So you just go over and you say, excuse me, God told me to tell you that he loves you. And the person starts crying. You're like, why is this? What is this reaction? I was sitting here wondering if God really loves me. And I was praying he would tell me somehow. (laughs) See, so what happens is you're like, I heard from God, and it's exciting every time, I promise you. I, I still love to hear from God, and when it's proven that God said it, and when you see God's result, and the other person says, yes, this was God, then everybody's excited, and our faith is strengthened. God told me, he said, he said, you know why I send people? I said, no. He said, I send them for the person who got sent. The message that I gave, God could have spoken to that woman himself. He could have appeared uh, in her prayer closet and said, here I am, I love you, right? He could have done that. But God also wants to bless you who bring the message. So be excited if God gives you a message. Even if you feel you know, hesitant like I did you know, in North Carolina, oh, I don't know about this, right? Uh, I, I used to always struggle with that. Now it's much, much less. But I know, like, what goes around comes around and what I do for others is going to come back to me. So if I skip out on this message for this person somewhere when I need some information, it's not going to come. Right. So I, you're doing it unto yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself do unto others as you'd have done unto you because God's golden rule. That's what comes around. Another time when I was just saved and I had just received the gift of dreaming. One of the things Holy spirit told me was he said, this is just, I used to, these are basically like Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. And I would just see, hear a single line, no scene, just darkness, and a voice would just speak and say, Life is a good, good place for those who do what they are supposed to do. But what are you supposed to do? Again, this is the checking in with Father, praying to seek God, right? Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith Jehovah thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Okay, so let's look at this piece, the expected end. I have this good plan for you, and here's the real promise. Okay, peace, right? And no evil. The evil is all the destructions, the the sloppy breakups. Why do you go through a breakup? Because you weren't supposed to be with that person, right? Or rare, much rarer, uh, the devil successfully broke something that God put together. That is extremely uncommon. Usually when you uh, suffer a catastrophic um, 
break up or something. It's because God didn't pick that person for you from the beginning. And because the wrong person is in your life, that space needs to be vacated so that the person God did choose can then come into that space. <clears throat> so part of the, the consequence of making bad decisions is suffering the loss of the bad decision, the thing you picked up that you should have never touched, right? So the expected end. These words uh, are Hebrews 86.15, expected. It means a grounds for hope, a thing to long for. So he's saying, I'm giving you something to look forward to, to hope, to hope for. And the, this word end is Hebrews 3.19, and it means a reward, and also it means the latter time. So God is giving us something to look for in the future, in the latter time. And what is that? Heaven, the eternal reward always being in the presence of God. And who knows exactly how glorious that's going to be. But we'll be able to stand together and <clears throat> sing worship songs directly to God, not squeezed into the pews <laughs> before the throne of God. And the way the angels played the trumpets, I, when I first got saved, this was such a blessing I received. An angel just took me and showed me all of these angels just in this long field of white, just perfectly covered and aligned. And they had these really long trumpets, just the, the simple ones. It's just like a tube that flares out toward the end. And every trumpet had like a red satin uh, sash draped over it. And they all rose at the same time. And they began to play. They played. It was so beautiful. It like moved through me. And I, for weeks, I would just pray, like, let me see that again, let me see that again, let me see because it. it was that beautiful. And that's how it's going to be in heaven. So we have an expected end, a, a promise in the end to look forward to, all right? And how do we progress toward that? Living this wonderful life of peace that God has promised to us. Okay, I have more to this message, um, but I want to cut to... A message I received uh, yesterday. I I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning. I'd gone to bed late. The last couple of nights I'd been praying. Something that <clears throat> different Christian watchmen do is they'll say, "Oh, it's twenty twenty four or it's twenty nineteen, and these are the prophecies for the coming year." I've never done that, and um, this year I started to say, "Well, Lord." Uh, I'd like to hear from you. You know, I've heard from some people, and their messages are a little negative, and um, but I want to hear from you on it because this is the best way to respond, of course. And so I started praying, like, Lord, please show me what's going to happen in 2024. And the Holy Spirit pushed back, and he and he just said, "Don't pray like that." I said, "Okay." I said, um, "Please show me what I need to know moving forward." And then the Holy Spirit said, "Okay," and I went to sleep. And I woke up at 7, and I just knew, like, it's time to pray. So I started praying, and I was asking again this question, please show me what's going to happen. And um, I sat in my reading chair, and I fell asleep, and this is what God told me. This is, this is what you tell the people for, the, for, the, for moving forward. It's not for just 2024, but moving forward, right? So from today to tomorrow to next week and month and year and whatever. Number one, seek God's purpose for your life. Brilliant, right? That just flows right with the message he gave me uh, that, that we've been speaking about for the last 50 minutes. Number two, apply yourself to what you are doing. I don't know uh, where you are in life. Maybe you are 
uh, handling flowers, maybe you're a banker, but apply yourself, be good at it, right? The Bible says that uh, you ought to seek to be good, uh, do your work as if uh, a presentation to the Lord and those who are qualified uh, will find themselves working before kings, right? So work hard, be good at your job, apply yourself to what you're doing, be it ministry or civil service or whatever. <clears throat> apply yourself because when people understand that you're a Christian and you're the one everyone looks up to and turns to, that is a credit to God. God is glorified and he will help you in your work. I've seen it. Um, I've seen God do this many, many times. Open doors for people, promote them. I've experienced it myself. Uh, put God first, and, and this is one way to do it. Apply yourself to what you are doing. Okay. I prayed more. I went back to sleep, or I fell asleep as I was praying, and then I saw just a short vision, and it said, a sudden attack on infrastructure. And I saw a building burning. Now, I think a lot of this is relative to Ukraine, but I suspect that uh, in the not too far future, in terms thinking in terms of years, uh, it's going to apply on a bigger scale. Um, a few hours after I saw that vision, Russia launched a massive attack on Kiev, and they targeted infrastructure. So I don't know if that was so soon fulfilled, and that comes back to this constant contact always being in communication with the Lord, because I received that message only a few hours before it happened. But I have a feeling, I, my, my expectation is that um, there is more to that, that uh, it's a type and a shadow or part of and not a complete fulfillment of that message. Then, I, I, again, I was praying throughout the day, and basically what I saw was just more war fighting, more war. And uh, it's very upsetting. So, <clears throat> in some of these things, the Holy Spirit has shown me <clears throat> the impact of war on children. So, you, you have to take special concerns for the children. Uh, a young boys whose fathers are dead, or, excuse me, <clears throat> whose fathers are gone fighting in the war, they need the attention of men. So take some extra time and just uh, be a substitute father for for 10 minutes or whatever, just to let some boy tell his stories about his football game or whatever, right? Next, uh, breaking curses will continue to be relevant. Sometimes uh, things just seem to be uh, misfortune or random events are not. They are curses. They are the work of the enemy, and we need to continue to exercise the authority of God to break curses. Even when people think like, ah, that doesn't work, or I don't want to hear any of that, still break those curses. <clears throat> and then he said that uh, uh, good men will, f this was 12 hours, this whole day of praying. Good men will fight and die defending their home regions. He didn't say it was useless. He said, good men will fight and die. And then he showed me that those who survive will need healing, and it won't be easy. 
So in recent years, this is something the Holy Spirit has been showing me since 2014 when I helped uh, the rebuilding with Red Cross in Slavyansk. He showed me in a dream. I saw this young man. He was handsome. And he was a barista. And I didn't understand why he was so upset. Because Ukrainians are very good-natured, cheerful people. This young man, he didn't seem... There, there were two women that worked with him. They were both cute. And they were flirting with him, trying to help him. And this guy just looked so bad. And I went home. I was like, Lord, why, why is this man so upset? God showed me what they made him do. What he was forced to do by the the Russian occupiers. It was bad. He didn't want to, but he was afraid that if he didn't, they would kill him. So he did. And that's what he carried. And I wanted to go back and say, God can forgive you. God can heal you. And you know what happened? From the, That was when I, they closed the shop that night. So when I came back the next morning to speak to him, I, he was gone. He was fired. That's how petty the enemy is to prevent someone from receiving the healing of Jesus. And again, it's why, you know, sometimes you have to move on the fly. Can't get caught flat-footed. You can't backstep. You know, if I'm definitely not going to condemn myself, but, um, you know, I've, I've moved. My wife and I, we've preached to many people. And there are many times we've preached to a waitress or something. We say, we'll bring you a Bible tomorrow. We'll come back. And we come back the next day with the Bible, and the girl's been fired. That's how the devil works. He, he, he will block someone just like that. So, you know, now my wife and I will meet someone. We stand right there. <laughs> we pray right there. You know, and you don't come back the next day. You know, you got to be ready. So, to sum up, uh, no, and, and again, looking at what uh, uh, Mr. Cummins said at the previous hour, the world is filled with some negative things right now. But our faith is in Christ. We are to encourage one another. And he gave a very encouraging message, I thought. Even when we, you know, it's our place and there's a place to talk about that the negative things are coming. But um, for us, uh, there will be, for many of us, there will be safety in the storm. For who? For those who dwell in the sacred place of the Most High. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they want to claim Psalm 91, but it doesn't say like, oh, just uh, quote Psalm 91 and uh, you'll be spared everything. Uh, it says, the, those who dwell in the sacred place of the Most High. So that comes back to the beginning of this message. Putting God first, seeking His will for your life. Seeking His presence. Seeking out, Lord, where should I go? Where should I be? And I know many of you are praying for that right now. Oh, great and mighty King, I pray, Lord, that you will watch over each and every one of us, over our loved ones, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our church communities, our fellowships, Almighty oh, King, that we will hear from you, Almighty King, that we will know your voice and follow no other, that we will not be deceived, Almighty King, that you will guide us strongly, boldly, powerfully, Lord, into your truth and into your place, into your presence, Almighty King. Make our hearts like your heart, Lord. Put us on fire for the kingdom of God. Transform us, O great and mighty King, that we will produce fruit for the kingdom, fruit that will last and will not uh, fail in the testing by fire will not fail in any testing, Almighty King, but will endure until the end, that those we bring into your presence will enter into eternity in the kingdom of heaven with you forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. What a great message today. What would you like to title this, Robert, for the archive? The Secret to a Good Life. Okay. The Secret to a Good Life. 
Also, I want you to tell people how they can make contact with you and Sisters Vietlan in your ministry and support your work. On on Facebook, it's Robert A. Avila. Um, I I have books on Amazon. Uh, the free one is called Four. It's a number four. Four Prayers for the End Time. You can get that for free. Uh, I really like you to read that. Those are messages, prayers the Holy Spirit told me to share with everyone. Uh, and I have other books. You can click through and see the other ones. Um, uh, PayPal donations are Robert Avila at email.com. It's not it's not a Google mail. It's not Gmail. It's email, like electronic mail. Robert Avila at email.com. That's my PayPal for donations. Uh, but yeah, do send me a friend invite on Facebook. I like uh, fellowshipping with Christians and the things you guys are hearing and sharing. I like to read that. Um, that's it, Shannon. Fantastic. And uh, you're doing a great job with those books. Uh, folks, I want to encourage you to go over and check them out. Now, are you on any social media like Facebook or YouTube? Yeah, uh, Facebook, Robert A. Avila. And I'm on Twitter. It's No Jesus, No Peace. And on YouTube, it's also No Jesus, No Peace. And that's K N O W, all one word smashed together, no spaces, hyphens, or underscores. Fantastic. Sisters Vietlana, would you like to close us in prayer? Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this. Uh, New Year, we thank you, Father, that we can live in such a time as this, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, Father. We trust you. We worship you. We walk with you. We we ask you that you will be more glorified in our life every day, that we will be um, testified about you, Jesus, that we will touch people's lives, that people will be transferred. Um, and we thank you, Lord, for this message. We thank you for Shannon, for this opportunity, Father, to share your word. Father, we bless Shannon and his family. We bless everyone who was listening. Father, I pray that you will bless all the body of Christ, Father, that you, all of us, uh, bring us closer to you, Lord, in your presence. We thank you, Lord. We thank you so much, God. And uh, we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I say amen to that. Thank you, Robert and Sisters Vitlana. Love you both, and Thank we'll see you all next time. Yes, love you, Shannon. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, brother. Robert, get me your next date. Thanks a lot, brother. Okay. Okay, friends. Hope you enjoyed that. We're going to take a break and be back tonight at. 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight we're going to have Michael Basham, John Gogan, Speak My Word, and we're also going to have Hank Groover, son of Henry Groover. That may be a two-hour show right there. Um, I'm going to sign off here and save these. Go ahead and get them uploaded. I've got everything cut that we've done for the last couple days. I'm going to upload those two right now. And uh, we will see you all back tonight. Uh, Again, our live schedule is every evening, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on average. And then Wednesdays is our day where in the a.m., starting at 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. like today, we will do uh, international shows. So uh, next week we'll have Elvis Newhart. We'll have uh, David Measures. We'll have Michael Cummins. uh, Robert, we're going to get back on. So we've got some great stuff coming up for you. 
every single week, both uh, local to America and uh, international shows. All these shows are free. Go to my website. It'll show you how to get them, omegamanradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Love and appreciate you. And I'm going to close out with a song. God bless.